0: Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. In this sermon episode, Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen is preaching from the title, Live with Christ as the Center of Your Life, in the sermon series, Live for Jesus. We're glad you're here. Amen. And truly, we're grateful and thankful that the Lord has allowed us to gather here one more time to praise, to worship, and to lift him up. We're just grateful that the Lord has allowed us to see a new year. And I'm grateful to see you all, amen, in the building today. (laughs) Starting the year off right in worship. And to those of you who are watching online, Facebook, YouTube, website, app, wherever you're watching from. God bless you all. What a wonderful way to start off the year on the first day of the year in worship. Amen. Amen. As I've been praying and as I spoke on last night looking for God to give us insight and wisdom and vision for the year of 2023, God spoke to me to tell the people to live. One word, and for the whole entire year, that's what we're going to be focusing on, how we should be living, um, especially how we should be living according to the will, the word, and the work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, so those are the words you're going to hear from, at least that's the word you're going to hear for the next 52 weeks. Amen. Either me or whoever's preaching is going to be preaching about living. Amen. So when you post anything on your social media, make sure you hashtag live. Amen. Hashtag live. That's our theme um, for the year. So make sure you hashtag that and make sure. Do y'all post on social media? Not when you're shaking your boo. But when you post good stuff, amen. When you post righteous stuff. <laughs> amen. I understand. All right. It's alright to be righteous and righteous. Ratchet and righteous. Amen. And some ratchet, righteous people, amen. And to God be the glory. Amen. It's totally fine. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the gospel according to Matthew, and we'll start reading at verse number 25. And if you're able to stand, please stand in reverence to reading of God's holy word. Um, that's the gospel according to Matthew chapter 6. And we'll start reading around verse 25. Amen. We're going to start the year off right. Amen. Matthew chapter 6. Starting reading around verse 25. Truly we serve an awesome, an awesome God. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to his statue? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven... Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things would be added unto you. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things would be added to you. I want to start the year off just preaching live with Christ at the center of your life. Live with Christ at the center of your life. Last week while I was on Facebook, I saw Colleen Kerr post something that really helped speak to this sermon series that we'll be focusing on for the year. It was from the Dalai Lama. When asked what surprised him most about humanity, he said, man. Because he sacrifices his health in order to make money. Then he sacrifices money to recuperate his health. And then he is so anxious about the future that he does not enjoy the present. The result being that he does not live in the present or the future. He lives as if he's never going to die. And he dies having never really lived. My brothers and sisters, I am convinced that life is simply too short not to intentionally take advantage of every moment in which life presents. The epistle of James, the writer declares that life is but a vapor. It's here one moment and it's gone the next. All of us should be trying our best to pursue the best parts of life, no matter how old or how young we are, no matter how our our economic or educational status may be. It should not matter how much we have in trying to sustain what we have or how little we have in trying to chase after our desires. I want to tell you today, take advantage of every moment in which life presents. You should be starting your nonprofit or your LLC. You should be investing in the stock market and see how to allow your money to make money. You should be pursuing after buying your own house or, and stop paying somebody else's mortgage. You should be focusing on proving your credit score and saving up enough money for a down payment. You should be looking for an investment property. You should be fit and in shape working out regularly and being committed to a healthy diet. You should desire to have a strong relationship with your parents, with your children, with your family, and especially with your spouse. And as we enter this new year, many have decided that they're going to implement some changes in their lives. I tell you, change is ending something old and starting something new. William Bridges suggests that before you can begin something new, you have to end what used to be. Before you can learn a new way of doing things, you have to unlearn the old way. Before you can become a different kind of person, you have to let go of your old identity. So beginnings depends on endings. The problem is, we just don't like ending stuff. Amen. Amen. I remember when me and my wife first came together and we was merging our houses together, I had this favorite couch that I love so much. Somehow, she just wanted to throw that thing away. But, but I wanted to keep it. I wanted to keep it in the house because it fits. It's comfortable. It knows who I am. <laughs> Amen. It it, it it formed to my body. Amen. Um, however, my wife came and she said we need to change this ugly couch. <laughs> Amen. And and, and 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 when she ordered the the new living room furniture, the, the company acts Do you want us to take the old stuff away? I wish I had a witness. Because if they don't take the old stuff away, we'll put the new stuff with the old stuff. And what happens, the room becomes chaotic. I wish I had a witness. The house becomes full of mess and chaos because we refuse to let go of what you. Help us today God. What's comfortable to you. What knows you and because you refuse to let go you can never start something new because you refuse to end something old. My brothers and sisters as we move into this new year the ultimate thing we must end as Christians is not living lives that are there's living lives that are not centered on Jesus Christ. I know we come to church every Sunday. I know you watch online or attend Bible study weekly. I I, I know I I know you say your prayers and read your Bibles sometimes. But but what, what 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 benefit is it to not take advantage of everything God has to offer unto us? What what benefit it is just showing up on Sunday just for an hour of relief and going home and living with the mess of a world that we live in. Because of the choices we continue to make over and over again that we do not put God first in our lives. The Bible says in Psalm 84 and 11 God says no good thing will I withhold from those who walk uprightly. I'm going to say that one more time. No, no good thing would God withhold from those who walk uprightly. Is there anybody that could testify that God will allow his blessings to overtake you when you are doing what he's called you to do? No good thing. Yes, 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 yes. God blesses us sometimes even when we don't deserve it. But when you walk uprightly, you don't even have to ask for it. (laughs) I wish I had a witness here. When, when, When you do your part in doing what God has called you to do, blessings just overtake you. It's like it's like it's like that child, the child that constantly is in school, constantly doing their work, constantly doing the right thing. The parent does not mind giving them what they ask for. Any parents in the house? That's all you want that child to do the right thing. Amen. <laughs> That's all you ask. <laughs> and if that child does the right thing no good thing would be withheld from that child. And that is what God is telling us today. Jesus is declaring in the text that if you put him first and pursue his kingdom, everything else would fall in place. So the question today is, how do I live this Christ-centered life? How do I live this Christ-centered life? Number one. By setting Christ as the number one priority. By setting Christ as the number one priority. In the text today, Jesus is preaching his famous sermon on the mount. This sermon was a radical wake-up call for believers to live wholeheartedly for God through faith, not simply through external actions of keeping the law. The Sermon on the Mount is not simply a list of rules to follow. It is an invitation to live under the grace and experience blessings and rewards from living a Christ-centered life. And this portion of scripture that we will cover today, Jesus is telling his listeners not to worry about anything. He informs them that the birds, they don't work but they still eat. Flowers, they don't labor, but they're still clothed with God's best every day. And if God provides for birds and flowers, what makes us think he will not provide for us? Jesus then gives a promise, but every promise comes with a requirement. He says, seek ye first. This word seek in the Greek, it means to strive after or to crave for. It it, it suggests to have a desire for without allowing anything to interrupt your focus. Let me say that one more time. It, it, It is to have a desire for without allowing anything to disrupt. Your focus, and as you begin to prioritize your life and making your new year's plans, make sure seeking God is at the top of your list. Jesus says, You need to seek me first, meaning nothing else should take priority over your responsibility to the kingdom of God. First means at the beginning. I know y'all y'all know that, right? It is not first in time, but it's first in importance. I wish I had a witness here. Seeking God first requires humility because when we become grown, the last thing we want is to, to want to do is to ask someone for permission to do anything. Let me say that one more time. Seeking God first requires humility. Because when we become grown, the last thing we want to do is ask somebody for permission. Oh, y'all not feeling me here? Not, I, many of us, when we was younger, we say, "I can't wait till I'm grown to get up out this house." Now we grown and we want to go back home. Amen. Let, let, let my mama take care of these bills, I promise you. Let, this adulting thing is ghetto, amen. You can have it, amen. <laughs> I'll stay in the basement, I'm cool, you can talk about me all you want. All right, Because when we're children, we, if we want anything, we have to ask for it. If we want to go anywhere, we have to ask for it. If we want to do anything, we have to ask for permission From our parents. My brothers and sisters, I want us to develop the posture of a child to a parent. That when we live this life, we can approach God and ask permission before moving. (laughs) Should I take this job? Should I move to a different city? Should I apply for this Should I go to this place? Should I do this? God, I can't move until I hear your voice. Is there anybody here understand what I'm saying? God, I want to seek you first. Not, not last, I, I, not last, yeah, I, I, I want us to know that there's a benefit in seeking after the Lord first because God, if he tells you to go, he'll keep you where he takes you. I wish I had a witness. If he tell you to stay, he'll keep you where he tells you to stay and there's a reason why God tells us not to move and some of us need to thank God right now that he did not allow us to accept some things that we want it. I know you can go and look at your yearbook and you had a crush on Pookie and when Pookie got old, Pookie went to jail six times, credit all jacked up and when you see Pookie now, you can just tell God, thank you. I wish I had a witness of you I, I know you wanted that promotion and you saw somebody else get in that position and then you saw how they misused them, how they talked about them, how they lost, stressed out, but you still in your same position. Thanks be to God he has something greater because you learned how to seek him first. Can I tell you, sometimes it'll be painful. Sometimes it'll feel as if God is ignoring you. No, God is saying, not yet. Can I tell you, we, 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 we cool with yes or no, but we get upset with not yet. Because you thought, yo, I, I, I was ready. I, I, I was born for this. God, I, I've been doing everything I need to do. I've been showing up ty- all time. I've been going above and beyond. And God, you're telling me not yet? God said, no, because I have something greater for you. Uh, I, I love Giannis. I'm not going to even try to pronounce his last name. Giannis, number 34, that plays for the Milwaukee Bucks. He has a movie on Disney called Rise and as I watched the movie it's the story of his life how his family came from Africa to Greece and they were there undocumented citizens and every time they looked around they were being chased to get kicked out of the country they were selling um, things down by the port they they began he began to play basketball and while on the team his brother and him they had to share shoes uh, and one when one was in the game he had on the shoes and when the other one came to the bench they had to trade shoes in order to play basketball Giannis had became so good and he was trying out for other teams no one really wanted him and then he was trying out for this Greece team and he wanted to be on this team so bad and finally he got their attention and when they came to his house, they said you can come, but your family cannot come with you and we're only giving you this amount of money and his agent, he was like, you gotta get rid of your agent and Giannis said, no, nah, we're gonna stay with the same guy and we're gonna trust that he has something better. Giannis, I wish I had a witness, Giannis and his family stayed in that room, in the house and then his agent came and said hey we're not going to the Euro league we're not going to the Greece league but we found out we're going to enter you into the NBA draft I wish I had a witness here and Giannis if he would have took what was in front of him first I wish I had a witness he would have missed out on his chance of of fulfilling his dream of being in the NBA can I tell you today God has something special with your name on it but you got to learn how to seek him first. First. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seek him first. So you must set Christ as your number one priority. But then if you're going to live a Christ-centered life, you must continue to strive with purpose. Strive with purpose. Jesus encouraged the disciples to strive after God's kingdom and his righteousness before they go after even the basic necessities of life. Y'all, y'all not understanding that? He says, before you go after food, clothing. Come after me. I'm I'm not making this up. It's in the text, it says. Uh, But uh, don't worry about what you shall eat. Huh? If I don't eat, I'll die. If y'all look at me, I I like to eat. Too much. That's too much, Mother Sanders. Amen. We... (laughs) Look around, all of us like to eat. And Jesus says, Don't worry about that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He says, Don't 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 even ask the question of what you shall eat, drink, or even wear. Because if you're striving with purpose for his kingdom and righteousness, you understand the king will provide. The kingdom of God is the primary subject of the the Sermon on the Mount. In the previous verses, verses, Jesus teaches his listeners to pray for the kingdom to come and God's will be done on earth. As it is in heaven, the kingdom of God means to strive under the rule of God. The important thing for us all is to be constantly seeking to be submissive to the king. The basis of our trust is confidence that the king will always provide. We trust his sovereign providence. We trust his ability to lead. And we trust his compassion on the kingdom. However, life in the kingdom becomes chaotic when we can't trust the king. When we stop trusting the king, your world will be in chaos. When you refuse to submit to God's authority and seek his approval before moving, your life will be in chaos. If you seek God's kingdom, we submit to his authority and we trust his leadership. Not only should we seek his kingdom to be under God's rule, but also his righteousness, which suggests how we live our lives. Jesus has proven to us that when you seek the righteousness of God, that you're striving for the character of Jesus himself. And I want to ensure you that when you take on the character of God, you stand out when you adhere to God's righteousness will set you up for blessings from above. Kingdom people are able to be trusted. This verse simply says, above all else, strive to be a citizen under God's rule and do what God requires of you. Prioritizing God's kingdom in this way doesn't mean you won't experience some challenges or some suffering, but your life will be aligned with his kingdom authority so you can experience prosperity even when you're in pain. Put God first. In baseball, if you hit a home run, you can step on second base, third base, and home plate without being tagged out. But if you miss first base, nothing else matters. Let me say that one more time. You can hit the home run, but if you don't step on first base, when you come around, you can be tagged out. You can be Disqualified. I wish I had a witness here. Uh, God cannot be second in your life. And for many Christians, God has become like a spare tire. He's where you can run to when all else fails. I get tired of hearing people say, when you tried everything else, try Jesus. Why not try him first? Why shouldn't he be the reason, the first person you consult with, the first person you talk to? Why shouldn't Jesus be the first person you can consider for what's going on in your life? He knows what's best for you. I'm finished. Almost. Living a Christ-centered life by setting Christ as Number one priority in your life by striving with purpose under his kingdom and his righteousness, doing what is required of you, knowing that we cannot live any type of way and still expect the blessings of God. That's that's how some people feel. Um, I'm gonna say it. That's how people feel that, that you can not be associated or affiliated with a church. But then when you get in trouble, you come running to the church. And then if the church is not doing or giving you what you asked for, you complain and say that the church is not right or you're going through church hurt. No, that's not church hurt. That's church responsibility. You have a responsibility of your own to take care of yourself. We should at least see or hear from you at least once a month. When we only hear from you once a year because you know our benevolence only gives you a check once a year. I said I wasn't going to fuss today, CT. Amen. Amen. Righteousness comes with the benefits of God. Put God first that you may be able to live a life of prosperity. I promise you, if you're trusting God, I'm talking about really leaning and depending on God, He always provides. Yo, yo, this is my saying, I don't care what people say about me, I don't care what's going on in my life, I don't care what they do to me, can I tell you something? God always take care of me. (laughs) You know why? I'm God's favorite. No, no, y'all looking at me? Don't get mad at me. I'm God's favorite. I wish I had a witness. And I, and I wish, I wish all of us can get to the point of life where we can say I'm God's favorite. <laughs> I was listening. I'm, I'm, I'm almost done. I, I, got, I got to hear it. I got to quit. I was listening to Deion Sanders, and he said his children all fall in the ranking system. At some point, all of them become the favorite but they are never the favorite uh, at the same time. And they become favorites by how they're acting at that time. I wish I had a witness. I'm glad we don't serve a God like that because all of us can be considered as God's favorite and none of us feel as if someone is getting shown favoritism. (laughs) But you must believe it. Finally, Secure the promise. If you're going to have a Christ-centered life, secure the promise. And all these things will be added unto you. That's the promise. What's the requirement? The requirement is this. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, all of his righteousness. Promise all these things will be added unto you. Christ-centered life. Seeking God first, all of his righteousness, not worrying about anything. And all these things would be added. Here is the fulfillment of the promise. The clause is introduced by and. The and here connects the responsibility of humanity to the promise of divinity. We are responsible for seeking The kingdom of God and all his righteousness. God is responsible for adding. (laughs) We don't have to worry about adding. All we have to worry about is seeking. And if we seek, it'll be added. I wish I had a witness here today. If we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first, then he will add all these things unto us. This gracious, gracious promise uses inclusive language. The word all suggests that nothing will be left out. All things are whatever you need. God's got it. The proper interpretation of the text is that if you put God first, you won't have to worry about anything because he will provide all things. God will not leave you stuck without an, with an unfulfilled promise. There is no small writing that disqualifies you from this promise. There is no lawyer language that you don't understand. There are no other factors that will reject you from receiving all things. And the requirement for securing the promise is seeking the rule and the will of God. And if you keep your end, God will be a man of his word. When you make him a priority, he will provide you with prosperity in your life. I say prosperity because the word added in the text. He says, to, he said, if you seek him first and all of his righteousness then all these things will be added unto you. So I say prosperity because add means to put more on. It suggests you already have some, but God is trying to give you more. I wish I had a witness. So he says, I'm going to add it on. I wish I had a witness. You, you, you come with faith, he's going to add on a little bit more faith. You, you, you come with joy, he'll add on some more joy. You come with peace, he add on some more peace. But uh, I'm here to tell you, you got to do what you need to do in order to secure the promise. The saying that that's being used today is secure the bag. Y'all know what that means? Secure the bag means to, to go after what you want as far as money. Amen. The money bag. That's what. need to secure the, the money bag. You got to secure the bag. But if you want the bag, you better learn how to secure the promise. Yeah. Wish I had a witness. Be, be, because we as Christians, we're not chasing the bag. We're chasing the promise. I wish I had a witness here because the Bible says, David says, I was young, but now I'm old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Your righteous living is what causes you to operate in overflow. Your righteous living can change generations in your family that they'll be able to see if you're seeking after him. God is blessing you they would in turn look at how you lived and try to mimic the way you walked in Christ and if they walked in Christ they could testify also like David I never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread what is that saying the righteous is the current generation the seed is the coming generation so if I'm blessed my seed will be blessed. I wish I had a witness here from my righteousness because I've learned how to secure the promise. Secure the promise. I wish I had a witness here. Abraham secured the promise. He goes from being being just a a man but to being the father of faith of all nations. Uh, When you follow the word, the will of God and be willing to sacrifice everything, God will give you a promise. Joseph secured the promise when he dreamed that he would rule over his family but went from the pit to the palace because God gave him a promise. Job secured the promise. The Bible says that he was more righteous man in the land and when Satan took all that he had, Job testified, though he slay me, yet will I still trust in him and Job in the end of his life, he received double for his trouble naked I came into this world and naked shall I leave this world blessed be the name of the Lord have I got one witness here that could testify I'm chasing after the promise I'm going to secure the promise because everything God has for me I'm seeking after it because I've learned how to put God first and when you put God first God will add more unto you There was a little boy who went to the grocery store with his daddy. And when he went to the grocery store with his daddy, it was uh, a man that was behind the counter that often asked the little boy, did he want some candy? Uh, The little boy would go in the store uh, and the man would give him a box of candy and tell him to put his hand in the box uh, and take as much candy as he desired. Uh, The little boy never put his hand in the box. Uh, He always asked the, the, the store clerk, If he would take his hand And take the candy And put it in his bag One day daddy Asked the little boy Why won't you ever Put your own hand in the box And get the candy Out of the box Why won't you ever Listen to what the man behind the counter Tell you to do And get your candy The little boy said daddy The man behind the counter His hand is bigger than my hand. So when he take a handful of candy and put it in my bag, I get more than what I can get if I use my own hand. Is there anybody today that can thank God that I need your hand? I need your hand, God. I need it to lead me. I need your hand, God. I need it to guide me. I need your hand, God. I need it to direct me. I can't do it myself. When I put my hands on it, I always mess it up. But lay your hand, lay your hand on me. Have I got one witness in the building today that can tell God, thank you. Never would have made it if his hand wasn't on me. His hand it healed my body. His hand it picked me up turn me around place my feet on the solid ground his hand is leading me his hand is guiding me his hand is directing me his hand is holding me his hands is lifting me is there anybody that can tell God thank You, Jesus, for another hand on this year. You brought me over, you brought me through, you made a way out of no way. Thanks be to God, His hand. Uh, Why are you so excited uh, about his hand? Uh, One Friday uh, on the hill called Calvary, uh, he took a cross uh, and they nailed his hand uh, to the cross. uh, And he died uh, for your sins and mine. Uh, But early, yeah. Sunday morning, uh, he got up uh, with all power uh, in his hand. Uh, Say yes. Uh, Don't you believe uh, that he has power? Uh, Power to walk right. uh, Power to talk right. uh, Power to live right. uh, Say yes. Thank you for joining us. We're so happy that you're here. Please continue to connect with Mount Zion Baptist Church on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and our website, mtzlife.com. We continually put out new content, so be on the lookout and turn those notifications on. Looking forward to seeing you back here soon. Have a blessed day.